Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers in the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. So this is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am joined by someone who is on a mission to help B2B companies to plan, strategize, and implement marketing automation effectively. So coming to us from Quito in the beautiful country of Ecuador is Senor Esteban Sanchez Botero. Buenas tardes y bienvenidos. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Christian. Muchas gracias and welcome for this invitation. All right. Um, first of all, uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Let's get sassy. I really love that name and I love the artwork even more. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to this conversation, Esteban, because this is on such a relevant topic, or I should say a topic that is so relevant uh, to B2B marketers. And that's around the topic of marketing automation, right? So. You're the senior marketing strategist at Centrico Digital, and one of these uh, areas of expertise that I think um, our audience can benefit from is around the topic of marketing automation uh, for B2B. So why do you think there's so many heated discussions everywhere you look, right? So whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook and so forth, why do you think there's so many discussions around marketing automation? And also, please, if you can, cite an example where you think uh, marketing automation is useful and another one where it is harmful? Okay, okay, those are great questions, Christian. I would say marketing automation is just, it's just a tool. It's just out there. It's just like a hammer. Let's put it that way. And the way in which you use the hammer, uh, obviously, it's going to affect the end results, right? So you can use a hammer uh, in a good way, or you could be terrible at using a hammer. And with marketing automation, the same thing uh, applies. So. You just have these wonderful tools and software that you can use for marketing automation. So you have, for example, HubSpot, Marketo, Salesforce, MailChimp, a lot of tools out there. But if you don't know how to use them, then you're gonna be you're gonna be definitely in big trouble, and they're going to be more of a problem than a solution. So the way I think the discussion there is not just about marketing automation per se, uh, but it's more about the way in in which it's being used, because Marketing automation, for, from my point of view, is great. I'm, I'm going to tell you in, 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 a little, in a little bit an example of, of how marketing automation can really enrich a B2B strategy. But if you don't, uh, I'm not going to say follow, but if you don't establish yourself best practices to implement it, then it can definitely backfire. So I think the big debate there is that there, has, there have been a lot of companies that have had terrible experiences with marketing automation and that's why people tend to say, okay, marketing automation is definitely not for me. Uh, it's not a good solution. I think it's a waste of time. I prefer to put my sales agents or my, my marketing team to communicate directly or to send emails directly, for example, instead of automating things. But uh, more than talking about automation per se, they're talking about the way in which they manage uh, processes. So um, to give you an example, Something you could, something magical that you can do with marketing automation is send uh, 
send, for example, sales reminders to your SDRs or to your representatives. So for example, each time a lead uh, visit your, visits your website or interacts with an email, you can notify your sales agent, and we do this with a lot of clients, uh, so they know and they're, they're pinged and they get an alert of, of what's going on with that lead so they can do a follow-up. And this could go really well or this could go uh, really wrong. So we've seen cases, just to answer the, the second part of your question, where salespeople know what kind of notifications they're going to get, for example, from their, from their CRM. And they say, okay, I need to respond uh, in X or Y way, or I'm going to send this uh, automated sales email because I know that this lead is highly interested in my products on, or, or service. So that's, that's a, a particular example of how marketing automation works really well. When, when people know what's going on, and I think this is a very important point to, uh, to stay in. So your team needs to know what's going on, what's going to happen, for example, after uh, somebody opens this email. So if I'm a sales rep, then I know, if I know that I'm going to get a notification and that I have some action required, then that's going to be easier for me because I know what to do and what's happening. And the other end of the spectrum where when, when marketing automation is harmful is when people or the team doesn't know what's going on. So the sales rep ends up with a bunch of unread emails from HubSpot or Salesforce uh, notifying things, but he doesn't even know what's going on. So I would say something really important when you use marketing automation or when you start with marketing automation is you need to know how to use the hammer, right? And how to use it right. No, that's absolutely right. And uh, those are really some great examples there. Um, I would almost say to you know to your uh, to your last point, it's almost like sometimes where marketing automation goes wrong is because uh, people are trying to look for a shortcut. Yeah. And automation is supposed to provide that type of shortcut. But if you're trying to look for a shortcut of the shortcut, right? And and it go, it's going back to something that you said, like if there's lack of communication, there's no um, there's also no management of expectations, right? And, and you brought it up just now. If the, uh, the sales team doesn't know what's going to happen, right? If, if, they, if they receive this notification, if they receive this email, if there's no clear or if there's no transparency in that process or that system. Right? Exactly, exactly. So when, mm-hmm. when you implement marketing automation, I think information is key. Uh, and I think everybody needs to know or, or at least have a grasp of what's going on. So if we just launched a new email campaign for a promotion, then uh, maybe your service team wants to know what happens if somebody actually clicks the, the service request button on that campaign, for example. So if if everything is connected and people know what's going on, the process is going to be way much, much easier. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you're talking about this because this is a nice segue into the next question, which is about like common mistakes um, and misconceptions. And you've mentioned some of them, but what, what are some of the other uh, mistakes and misconceptions you've seen out there when it comes to uh, marketing automation for B2B? Okay, well, that's a good one because there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with marketing automation. Uh, marketing automation is great, by the way, and if you use it correctly, uh, it's, a, it's a great tool or a, way, a great way to reach your audience. But there are a couple of, of pain points or things that you should keep in mind before implementing marketing automation and, and during the whole process. Because one of the biggest mistakes, for example, is that people tend to think that they just launch a journey uh, or, or they launch a flow and they just let it run. They, they just say, okay, there are my emails, uh, that this is my customer list. I'm just going to send this email to these customers and I'm not going to do anything else. But 
then they forget a very important part of the process and th that is pretty much optimizing the campaigns and, and analyzing results. That, and that's something that software might not do for you as, as good as you think it could. Because there, there should be somebody always uh, behind the screen analyzing what's going on. So if, if I just uh, launch a flow of emails, then perhaps I just want to wait one week, see what's going on, optimize my campaigns, uh, see, for example, that email one, email one didn't get any open rates at all, or that these SMS that I just sent um, didn't have a good response rate, nobody clicked on the SMS, uh, nobody's clicking on my ad campaigns that I just launched from, from Marketing Cloud or from HubSpot. So uh, one of the biggest mistakes uh, would be that, just to launch something, to sit back and, sit, sit back and do nothing, uh, and thinking that the software is going to uh, actually optimize things uh, itself. Because to some extent, it can, it can happen. For example, you can do A-B testing with marketing automation, and then the software is going to tell you what's the best uh, subject line or what's the best copy for an SMS message, and it's going to send that to the rest of your audience. That's possible. But then when you have more complex workflows and when you're, when you're talking about the customer's journey, you and your team need to go into the software, see what's working, see where you're losing most of your customers on the flow, and take decisions. So I would say that's, that's a very big mistake. Not uh, not optimizing what you've already launched. Um, another uh, really interesting mistake would be to uh, automate only external processes and leave all of the internal process to be made manually. And what do I mean by this? Uh, we some some companies and some people tend to think that marketing automation uh, is just about sending SMS, sending emails, ad campaigns, and that's it. But then they forget what happens after your customers interact with those campaigns? Like who should be notified? When should I create a task for, for one of my company members when something happens? So uh, you, you probably would benefit more if you use automation also for your internal processes. And if the people in your company can also, I don't know, follow up on email campaigns where, some, where people clicked, where people interacted, and they uh, can respond to that. So one big mistake would be just to, uh, use marketing automation tool as an external way of reaching your customers and not taking advantage of what you can do internally as well to notify your team of, of what's happening, uh, what new deals have been created and who should do what internally. So that's that's another, another big one. And uh, to give you a third example, I would say, well, this, this mistake can go either way. So one could be analysis paralysis. So you have some teams that they just spend so much time on planning and then you see them brainstorming and they say, hmm, the journey should go like this or like that, or we should do X or Y. And they, they stay there the whole time and they never implement that anything. So that's, that's a huge, huge mistake because you should do planning, but then at some point you have to launch something. And then for, for that, my tip would be to start small. Uh, if you have already brainstormed a particular workflow that you think could satisfy your customer journey and could take your customers to the desired action, then launch the workflow and optimize later, but don't stay in the planning stages uh, the whole time because that's that's not useful. And then the other side of the spectrum as well is uh, people that just launch, 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 and then they don't sit down to think, to brainstorm, to optimize uh, their journeys before uh, doing stuff. So either because you're not doing anything or because you're doing a lot too fast, you might be making mistakes there. So you want to be on, on a sweet spot where you sit down with your team, you do a little bit of planning, you brainstorm, you 
gather around your service sales and marketing representatives and say, okay, well, how's our customer journey? How much time do we take to close a lead? And what, how many touch points do we need to close a lead? And then you start mapping out, but then you implement something. And then you, uh, as you go, you try to, to make it better, but you don't want to stay either on the doing nothing side or on the doing too much, but not knowing what's going on side as well. Yeah, th those are some really, really great points, and I'm and I'm sure you've experienced um, all of these at some stage, right? When you're, especially when you're working with clients and what have you, it it, it brings to mind uh, something uh, an, an ex boss of mine from many many years ago uh, used to say, in, uh, you know, to everybody in the marketing department. He said, before before you do anything, it's think, 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 and then do. Not do, 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 do. Oh, and then think. All right, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, exactly. It's uh, and and uh, you touched on something which um, we're definitely going to talk about later on, which is um, planning and strategy, but also how, uh, like what you said, implementation is just as important, right? Okay. Uh, on to the next question, which is about like um, you know, tell us about a challenge uh, that you and the team um, have managed to solve in the past twelve months. Wow. Okay. There there have been a few challenges. Yeah, just one. I would say <laughs> just one. <laughs> just one. Mm. Yeah. Because just just to, to to let you know, marketing automation has a couple of technical challenges. For example, how do you get two different tools to talk together? So we've had clients that say, hey, I need to integrate Salesforce with our own uh data lake platform, and we need to generate, I don't know, custom API calls to make the two soft the two tools talk together. And that could be a technical challenge. But uh just not to get into technicality because marketing automation is not always about technicality. There, there's just great software that it's really easy to use. For example, HubSpot, uh, Marketo, where you don't have to get into technical issues. But talking about more strategic uh, issues, for example, one of the biggest challenges or, or some of the biggest challenges we've solved for clients is actually uh, how to organize their material. And this might seem obvious, but sometimes what happens with marketing automation tools is that a lot of companies, uh, when they purchase HubSpot, Salesforce, uh, I don't know, Microsoft Dynamics, uh, whatever CRM they're using, they just tend to pop things in there without thinking how they're going to organize uh, their stuff and how, how they're going to manage their folders, just so they, they know what's where and how to use their tool more effectively. So something we've struggled with a lot, and, and this has been a challenge that we obviously like to address because we want to, to keep things in order to our, for our clients. But uh, something that we've done is we sit down with the client and we say, guys, we need to think of a strategy on how to organize all of our assets, even, even if we're going to use like dates naming convention or naming convention by campaign, by type of assets, uh, however we want to do it. And this is where we sit and brainstorm with the client a lot just to make sure we have our assets organized. Because when you have your as once you have your assets organized and you know where to find your, your material, it's going to be way easier to launch all of your campaigns, uh, to even recall or, or view metrics on some of the campaigns that you already launched. Because uh, we see a lot of clients that, for example, say like, mm, I want to see the results of this particular campaign that we launched on March 2020. But then this is completely lost in our folders. We don't we don't recall how we uh, named the campaign, so we cannot find it in the CRM. And there's like mm, there's where we have to start uh, giving them some consulting on how to organize things, so they know 
uh, how the how the CRM is built. So that's definitely a, a strategic challenge. Obviously, marketing automation has uh, some other challenges as well. For example, if, if we talk about, uh, let's say, chatbots, then the, the challenge of a chatbot that, that we face a lot and that we work a lot with is how to make a chatbot uh, seem as human as possible, uh, but keep that automation part of, of the chatbot in place. So that's that's always a hard challenge that we uh, that we tackle with our clients and it's making automation look human. I would say that's that's something that we've accomplished as well, really well, I hope. <laughs> Yeah, I know those are some really great examples. And uh, it's 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 interesting, you know, like back to your point, it seems like such a simple thing, you know, like to organize your assets into respective folders, but it's amazing how many people don't do it. And in the beginning, and a lot of people fall into this trap, in the beginning, they'll say, ah, there's not too much going on yet, we'll do it later, right? So there's this procrastination stage. And then um, that's okay if you have one or two campaigns, but then when you start running 20 campaigns, over one to two years, then it gets complicated, right? <laughs> Especially if they want to go back and review what, you know, like you said, the performance of uh, a campaign they ran like last year. And to the second point, I guess that's the fine line, right? Like uh, trying to humanize uh, that technology uh, especially with chatbots, I think that was a perfect example. Like, you know, not to make it sound too templated that, you know, you don't have these like common responses, like, okay, what can I do for you today, right? Like. <laughs> Where, where it's where it's very obvious that it's technology, right? It's the AI talking. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, you you have a very fair uh, fair point when it comes to like organizing your materials. Because yeah. some companies, I, I know it's very tempting just to to say like, oh, we're starting small. We're just gonna to put everything out there, uh, whatever. Then we'll fix it. But there's software, for example, such as Marketing Cloud from Salesforce, where if you don't think strategically from the beginning, you could be making a, a big mistake. And why? Uh, Marketing Cloud, for example, it has a unique identifier that is called subscriber key. And you can, and you might be very well tempted to uh, link the customer's email address to uh, as, as a subscriber key. So my, my identifier in Marketing Cloud would be the subscriber key. But what happens when you expand to other channels, so when, when you start using advertising studio in marketing cloud or the mobile SMS functionality of marketing cloud, then that's not going to be sustainable because you cannot use that email address as a subscriber key in, in all cases, and you're going to end up getting a lot of duplicate contacts. So it's tempting just to say uh, as a starting point, like, yeah, I'm just going to be sending emails, let's use the email address as a subscriber key. But then if you don't see the bigger picture, you might be in trouble in a couple of months. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.imblake.co for more information. So, um, you know, Esteban, we can't really talk about marketing automation and not talk about the tools. So let's go and unpack your toolbox and talk to us about some of your go-to uh, marketing automation tools or software. Ooh, that's a, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for starters, um, I... We, look, we love to use a lot of marketing automation tools. So for example, we're HubSpot partners. 
we're Salesforce partners as well because they're great CRMs and great uh, marketing software. So I would say choosing a tool such as HubSpot, Soho CRM, uh, even Marketo or Active Campaign for your for your particular marketing campaigns, it's always good. So keep those names in mind. Um, and then the good thing about those tools is that you have different pricing uh, categories. So obviously Salesforce, uh, it's a great tool. Some people say it's complex, but once you get the, the hold of it, uh, it's a really, really useful software. And it's pretty much a 360 company management software hosted in the cloud or well in, in Salesforce servers somewhere. Um, but then if you want cheaper alternatives, you can always turn into HubSpot, you can always use Soho CRM software such as Marketo for your marketing campaigns or even MailChimp. So I would say those should be uh, in your toolbox, definitely. Another one, or let's say two, two more companies that I would like to highlight there is, um, so you have Sapier and Integromat. And what those tools do is that they allow you to do API integrations without the complex uh, hustle of doing an actual API integration. So you could connect uh, two apps together, for example, HubSpot and even HubSpot and a spreadsheet. You can update things in a spreadsheet from HubSpot and vice versa. You can connect different types of apps and things, HubSpot and Zoom. Uh, you, you can connect several things with, with a simple uh, flow or layout that it's going to allow you, allow you to do an API integration with no coding. So I would definitely say, uh, definitely recommend to check out to check out Sapier and Integromat, which with are which are great tools to avoid or to kind of simplify API integrations. That's that's always great. Um, and then I would say uh, it's always a good idea to check on chatbot tools because you know chatbots are out there. They're they're kind of the new boom in marketing automation as well. Um, so you have tools such as Drift. Even HubSpot has a has a, a, a chatbot itself that are very useful, very user friendly, uh, where you can build a chat uh, really, really simply, and you can implement that chat in your website uh, straight away. So definitely, that would be kind of my my basic toolbox. Well, that's already a pretty good list, and I think uh, you brought up a point um, that I felt was really important because. Um, if we're going to be very honest, not everybody has the same technical skill set that you do, right? Um, there's probably like smaller marketing teams out there um, or marketing uh, team of one. So it's really important also to be able to uh, implement or use these automation platforms without requiring knowledge of like, and you pointed it out, coding, for example, right? So it's something that, and also something that will integrate um, seamlessly with whatever platforms that um, companies are currently using. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, now that you talk about technicalities, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want to scare people here. You, you don't need to be too technical to get into marketing automation because fortunately, fortunately there, there are a lot of tools, for example, such as Sapier, where you don't need to be a technical expert to link two platforms together, or even uh, you have Marketo or MailChimp, where it's really simple to launch your, your campaigns without knowing to code or without even knowing how to use the software perfectly because uh, let's be let's be honest. Nobody's going to read the whole user's manual of of Salesforce Marketing Cloud. That'll be crazy. It's it's very long, and I don't think even a Salesforce developer does that. But um, but there are a lot of resources as the, as well that you can you can keep in mind. So for example, for me, YouTube is also a great tool. 
because all of the marketing automation problems that you can imagine, probably somebody else already had them. <laughs> so if you go into, into oh, yeah. YouTube, you, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, even a Google search, I think it will fix most of your of your technical issues that you're having with your marketing automation software. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Um, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to come back to it again. So talk to us about the importance of having a strategy when it comes to marketing automation. So basically, uh, to the point you brought up earlier in the conversation, instead of jumping right in and using all these tools and implementing everything right away, why is it important to have a strategy? Yeah, I think you have to you have to start to have a strategy always, <laughs> not only in marketing automation, but even for your for your marketing efforts. If you're going to do uh, PPC advertising as well, you should kind of have a roadmap of where you're going. Because uh, if you don't, then first you don't you you're not going to be knowing what you're doing uh, for starters. Second, you don't know how to measure your results because you didn't probably establish some. Uh, KPIs or some or, or any type of indicator that lets you know where are you at and where are you going. So that those are very important points uh, about having a strategy because uh, you need to to know where you're at as a starting point and where are you going in order to be able to 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 progress and to to actually achieve something. So if you just start, um, I don't know, if you just implement a chatbot, but you never check uh, on the metrics of that chatbot if you don't know uh, what kind of responses or or what kind of outcome are you trying to get from that chatbot, then you're just going to have it there. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a nice to have, but it's, it's not bringing any value to the company. And we've seen some companies that actually do that. Like they say, mm, we're, we're running this campaign, uh, we're doing Google ads, but we don't know why or we don't know how. <laughs> but they're just there because everybody tells us that we should be uh, running Google Ads and, and that's it. But then uh, another different story would be to say, okay, we're running Google Ads because we know that targeting these keywords and then putting people into an automated flow on Salesforce has generated a 10% increase in, in revenue. And then if you know that, you can for the next year perhaps say, okay, how do we increase that number a little bit more? And, and you can start uh, monitoring your, your growing process. So, uh, as everything in life, I guess, if you don't have a particular strategy, you might uh, run the risk of uh, just fishing in open water, but without a way of, of knowing what you're gonna catch or what, what, you're, what you're gonna actually get. Um, and that's that's a point where you probably want to, to be, I don't know, in your personal life. Sometimes it's good just to go out there, experiment, and just throw yourself into, into the action and see what happens. But when you're running a business, Things change a lot because you want, you obviously want to innovate. You want to you want to take your business further, but you want to make sure that you're getting results, right? So it's not just a matter of let's let's implement this chatbot and see what happens, but you need to know what impact is that going to have in your business strategy. So I would say uh, having a strategy beforehand is going to save you a lot of time, a lot of money as well, because obviously marketing automation costs money. Uh, we're not going to say something for free. You have to pay for, for tools. You have to pay maybe for a partner agency that it's helping you implement those tools. Or even if you have a, a full-time employee working on marketing automation, then you want to, to have those people kind of accountable for, for what's going on. Uh, and it's not, it's not a matter of blaming somebody, no, because marketing automation, it's a lot about testing as well. And things can go right or wrong, but you are at least at least need to know what are you testing? Why are you testing why, what you test? Uh, and what 
what what expected results are you are you looking forward to having um another another very important point of uh, having a strategy is that it allows you to know where where to look for your potential customers for example so we have seen a lot of clients that say okay we're going to implement a really strong email marketing strategy and then you realize that all of their clients pretty much they don't open their emails they interact more with sms communications or they like to see more uh, facebook ads retargeting campaigns launched from their from the marketing automation software directly into facebook ads so if you don't have a strategy and a plan where you know your customers and you know what they like then you might be as well losing a lot of time sending emails when your your desired audience prefers uh, sms for example so it's that's why it's very useful to plan because otherwise you're just going to blindly uh go out there you're going to try a lot of tools you're going to spend a lot of money uh, and you, you're not going to know what you're doing. And when when I say strategy, I also uh, refer to the marketing automation software that you're going to use. This is very important because before you purchase a marketing automation software, it is always good to know like uh, what are you trying to achieve. Like, do do I need a very uh, robust email marketing software platform, or do I need something that allows me to reach my customer? Uh, better via SMS or even via push notifications with my app. So if you know that, if you know the, the, those points of connections beforehand, and if you know your strategy, then you're going to buy a better marketing automation software. Because we've seen cases of clients that they just buy. They say like, oh, they, they told us that Salesforce is the new big thing. And then they just buy that software and they realize that maybe the, they, was, they would have been better off with HubSpot. Uh, but that's because they didn't think of strategy before paying a lot of money for for a software. So I would say strategy starts from the moment, the point zero, where you're going to buy your marketing automation tools and it continues. So you, you can never stop uh, doing strategy. It continues up to the point where you optimize your journeys day by day. That was some pretty solid advice, I have to say. And uh, please continue to keep that level of uh, energy and uh, momentum because you're going to need it for the next question. <laughs> um, on this point, because, you know, you talked about a lot of like, you know, they, they were all relevant um, to people that are using marketing automation or planning to use marketing automation, you know, about strategy, planning, uh, measuring results and iterating um, accordingly as they move along in the journey. Now, what's the advice that you would give people out there um, when it comes to like, okay, um, steps that they can take right now to improve their uh, B2B marketing automation? Okay, uh, I would say step one, uh, audit what you already have. So take the time to uh, think retrospectively, see what you've done so far, uh, try to find uh, the weak links uh, on what you're doing and uh, try to identify what's working and what's not working in your current strategy. So this is something that we love to do a lot with new clients and is, hey, before we start helping you with HubSpot, managing your workflows, your uh, emails, et cetera, let's audit what you already have, what you've already done to see where we can fix, uh, fix a couple of things. Because sometimes you, you get like really interesting surprises. For example, you have uh, broken links in your, in your communications. Uh, your push, push notifications are not rendering properly. Uh, your emails don't, do not rend 
uh, are not rendering properly in Outlook, for example, or your users, all of your users have super admin permissions in your tool uh, when they should have uh, maybe specialized permissions so they don't see and they don't get overwhelmed with a lot of things and tabs that they shouldn't be seeing. So I would say you have to audit what you're doing so far. Uh, and once you start from there, you can you can at least improve and build from what you've done. That would be step one. Uh, I would say step two is try to talk to your customers as well. This is a good one. And this is something that not a lot of agencies do. And is if you have a couple of, of good customers that you can talk to, uh, reach out to them and perhaps do a couple of focus groups and say, hey, we've, we've, sent, we've sent you a couple of emails. What, what type of, of communications have you liked so far? Obviously, don't, do not try to bias your, your research or anything, but try to, to find some insights on what your audience like and what your potential customers might like. Um, and this is really useful for B2B because um, as we know, B2B sometimes has the problem that it's a, it's a very niche market. And sometimes you, for example, don't know the, I don't know, the particular keywords that uh, somebody might aiming might be aiming for in a chatbot when they're looking for help. Or sometimes you don't know the kind of technicalities that they want to know about your, your business or service. So if you talk to your actual customers and plan from there, that's a, that's a good kickstart or, or a good point to know your customers and to know your customers in terms of automation. So what do they like? How do they like to be contacted? Um, uh, what what channels do they prefer? And and you can do this by talking to them and by also analyzing the 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 emails that you just that that you just sent, for example, or the notifications. So if you see that every Monday that you send a newsletter, people are not opening anything, but then if you send that same email on Wednesday, uh, people are responding better. Then keep that in mind, and that's that would be a third advice that it's very important. Keep keep track of all your learnings and processes. Because something we see a lot is that uh, a lot of companies start implementing automation and they learn a lot of things, but they, they don't document the process. So they, they forgot all of what they, they learned in the, in the past campaign. So you, want, you probably want to make sure to document everything and to know what worked and what didn't. So if you, if you did an A-B test, make sure that you know where the results of that A-B test are and how to view them quickly. Perhaps it could be in a dashboard in your CRM or it could be on, on the email campaign that you just launched. So you, you just need to know where to look for those results uh, to make sure that you can use those learnings for the future. So that would be another advice. Mm, definitely, you have to, definitely you have to read and uh, make sure you st stay up to date with new trends. And not just because uh, you, you don't have to be in a platform just because it's cool. Like uh, we, we're, we're facing uh, the issue uh, with TikTok that a lot of companies are saying like, hey, I think everybody's on TikTok, even B2B companies are starting with TikTok now, we should start doing TikTok. Uh, but then we ask them like, okay, but what's the, the reason behind it? What are we going to do with TikTok? Because we could be there and we could start posting uh, funny videos of cats uh, running through the office and that's it. But there, there should be something else behind it. Like, are we going to show uh, the human uh, part of the company? What, what are we using TikTok for? So we, you should try to be aware always of the trends and keep on reading in, in terms of automation, but then you should be critical about them. So uh, if you read that, for example, I don't know, uh, hyper-segmented ABM campaigns or account-based marketing uh, 
uh, it's super booming right now and that it's working really well for other companies, then you need to uh, kind of internalize that trend into your own companies, your company and try to figure out how that strategy is going to fit your company, or maybe you can determine that it's not a good fit for you. So you have to, I would say, stay up to date with automation trends, but think critically and uh, and think that you don't have to implement everything that it's out there. I mean, not because everybody has a chatbot, you have to have it, or not because everybody is sending uh, push, push notifications through their new app, you have to do the same, uh, but you always have to be critical about what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. Yeah, no, that's some pretty sound advice. And, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of that, I think, also resonates with me. I mean, like, you know, all, all the steps that you had mentioned about, like, auditing the current, let, let's call it the current inventory, right? So what the companies currently have in terms of software and tools. And then the other one, which I thought was such an important point, because not a lot of companies are doing this regularly enough. I'm going to say talking to the customers, right? Talking, getting that market validation, because sometimes, because it's very dangerous to, like, launch something based on an assumption, and then once it's out there in the market, um, and you've probably seen it, like the results are, are are not very positive, and then it can become a very costly exercise. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And there's there's nothing wrong with testing, mm-hmm. but it's always good to test with a with some ground, like with some some knowledge of, of what's going on, and that's going to optimize your your time and your budget for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly. So. I'd like to get your thoughts on this next one. So there was an article that was written by um, a platform called factorreal.com or factorial.com if you're in Latin America. (laughs) So some of the booming um, marketing automation trends of uh, 2021. And I'd like your opinion on this being the expert in the field. So four points. One is personalization and data privacy joining forces, right? Number two, and you touched on this uh, earlier, human-like automation that's going to replace uh, humans. So just thinking about chatbots, for example. Um, point number three, marketing efficiency at scale. So helping your business to effectively craft campaigns that, affi- um, that will uh, appeal to different buyer personas in a more time-efficient way. And then the rise of predictive marketing, which I think is a really good one, right? So it's automating your analysis of customer data, keeping the customers engaged with the content and creating uh, a more relevant user experience, which we're all trying to strive for. So what are your thoughts on the above? Um, Anything you'd like to add? Okay. Uh, Those are interesting trends. I would say for the first one, uh, personalization and data privacy, privacy joint forces, I would say definitely that's happening. And we've, we've seen a boom of GDPR compliance, uh, cookie tracking, uh, thing going on in Europe, in the States, everywhere. So I would say if you tend to respect those compliance issues and you try to, uh, I don't know, make sure that your customers, for example, they actually opt in for your communications. If you if you follow those protocols, I think you, the customers are valuing that a lot, especially because now a lot of companies, big companies are implementing those policies. So Facebook is saying like, mm, I'm not going to let you target uh, everything like free for all in Facebook ads as we did before or optimize your conversions as we did before, but there's, there's going to be some compliance there, uh, probably t- triggered by Apple as well. But since those big, big companies are, are setting a trend in terms of uh, data privacy, I would say that staying in line with, with data privacy is going to help you a lot. So for the first one, I would say definitely, you have to, to gain the trust of your customers. Now that the, the issue of trust is 
everybody's talking about it and everybody's uh, looking forward to being respected and trusted. That's something you need to, to keep in mind. Uh, trend number two, I would say that there's a thin line there be between uh, human and, and bot interaction. And there's, there's still things that are, are unresolved. I don't know if this has happened to you, but it has happened to me several times that I get into a help chatbot uh, on a website and then I just get into these weird loops where they say like, what are you looking for? Help service, et cetera, et cetera. And then you just click and click in through the options, into the options, but you never find what you're, what you're actually looking for. And then you say like, I, I would love to speak to a real human being, even if it's through a chat or something, but somebody that can, I don't know, point me towards the, the right direction. So I would say there's a lot of things to explore there. And uh and things, things are getting better and better. Now that, for example, you have voice search with Google, um, there, there's a lot of technology and there's a lot of things you can do with chatbots. You, for example, can, can input into your chatbot a lot of trigger words uh, that it could be, for example, help, support, uh, et cetera. And then the chatbot knows what to, to reply to those, but still not the same thing as the, as the human touch. And something that I have to point out here is that for some B2B businesses, even if we're talking about business to business, uh, the people factor always remain to be the most important thing. So even though we're talking about a B2B business that could be automated or, or, or whatever, the, the person that is going to actually buy the, your products or, or, or service because, because somebody or a board of people uh, are going to make that decision would probably like to talk to a real person before making that decision. So even if you are, I don't know, a company looking forward to purchase, to purchase uh, a new app service or something like that. You want to, I don't know, perhaps talk to the CEO or to the sales representative of that app to make sure that you're buying the right thing. Because sometimes you you follow these chatbots or, or this software that takes you to the pricing page. And then you say like, mm, I want to make sure that I'm buying the right thing. So talking to a person, I think that doesn't have a 100% replacement yet. I think bots can help. Uh, but I would say the best alternative would be to go in through a sort of hybrid environment where you always give the, give the option to the customer uh, and you always say like, hey, do you want to talk to somebody like to a sales rep? Uh, sure, click here and then you will be contacted by, by a sales agent or something. Uh, I wouldn't leave still uh, all, of my, all of my money on, on bots because people still miss like person-to-person -person interaction. And I, I'm sure that person-to-person -person interaction is key to close a lot of B2B businesses. So I would go into a hybrid mix of, of both things. Uh, so that would be B. I think B is a bit controversial there. Uh, trend C, the, one, the third one that you mentioned, uh, marketing efficiency at scale. Mm, I would say that that's definitely happening. Uh, for example, you have tools such as Marketing Cloud where you can send massive emails to millions of prospects because you can in, import millions of records into marketing cloud, but then you can personalize each of them with uh, particular things. So the, the simplest one would be the first name of the person, but then you can add some more stuff. Like if they, they already uh, mentioned what their preferred product is, then you can put a picture on your push, push notification, for example, with the, their preferred product. And then you can send in one single message, you can send millions or thousands of messages with different personalization tags and, and uh, different content that will be more appealing to your customers. So that definitely, that's definitely happening. And I think that uh, connects really well with the, the other trend, which is trendy predictive marketing. Mm, 
I, I would say we're definitely in a boom of predictive marketing as well. You have tools, for example, such as Einstein uh, from Salesforce that allow you to sort of predict uh, when's your audience going to interact with your content, what content would be best suitable for X or Y uh, target niche. But the issue that I see with predictive marketing is that it's still, for me, I guess, uh, a very technical thing, something that it's up there. Like you just uh, put the Einstein thing into the automation tool and that's going to do the job for you. But then um, some companies and some clients uh, have have told us this and it's that they, they don't know what's going on. So they, they just perhaps think that they can trust the Einstein engagement tool, uh, but there's still uh, a little bit more uh, explanation to be done there uh, in terms of how does it work? Why is Einstein suggesting these instead of these other thing? How to analyze the metrics that, that are being thrown by Einstein or by any other uh, AI or business intelligence tool that, that throws these suggestions? So I would say the predictive marketing is something that is going to happen, definitely. But I don't know if we are ready to understand uh, its full potential yet. But it's definitely that's something that is going to be growing more and more. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, thanks for sharing those insights. I mean, at least for point uh, number two, I, I can definitely attest to that because um, a lot of uh, um, companies across different industries here in Canada, they're trying to automate that that process with the customer and the interaction, but almost to the point where it becomes completely frustrating because the last thing that you will encounter on some of these platforms is an actual human being, right? So they are, they're, they're, they're using a, a lot of AI and they're they're sending you to a page because they want you to do um, all these transactions online. But it's going back to your point, there are certain aspects of those particular journeys that require um, not just a human touch, but they do actually require um, interaction with a real person. Right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, yeah. and as I was saying, I think you should be exposed. Like automation is great, yeah. but then you should know at some point when should a sales agent, for example, jump in. Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, no, just as we're, you know, this is this has been a really great conversation. And just, you, you know, in wrapping it up, um, I, I'd like to ask you a question that's a little bit twofold, right? So one is a status quo that you passionately disagree with when it comes to marketing automation and why. And then the other question is one thing you would advise people to start and stop when it comes to marketing automation. Great. So I'll answer those really quickly. I would say mm -hmm. the most common held uh, belief that I would, I'm definitely not, uh, I don't agree with, is that marketing automation for B2B is, is just that, company to company. Because in the end, what you're reaching is somebody's inbox. So it's you're reaching a person and people tend to think like, oh, we're doing B2B marketing. We have to be like more formal, more serious. And some, sometimes that doesn't work. So people tend to forget that B2B uh, in the end, it has a C in the end, it has a customer, it has a person that, that this communication is going to reach. So that's something I'm, I definitely don't agree, uh, the, that line between B2B and B2C automation, because there's always people involved in the end. Uh, and then I would say something that companies should start, um, they should start uh, definitely monitoring and auditing what you, they're doing so far. So as, as we talked before, you should keep track of your results just to knowing what's working and what's not working. And what should they stop doing? It's perhaps trying to, just because they're following a trend, to get in every channel or every tool out there. So um, 
as, as we were saying, just because everybody is on TikTok, it doesn't mean that I have to be there. So you have to stay up to date with the trends, but you have to be critical about it as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, Esteban, thank you so much again, uh, you know, for your time and for sharing your experience and expertise with the listeners. So please do us the honor of introducing yourself and uh, letting people out there know how they can get in touch with you. Sure. For, uh, for starters, thank you very much for the invitation, Christian. Uh, I'm Esteban Sanchez, Senior Strategist at Centrico Digital. Uh, and you can always reach me at, at esteban.sanchez at centricodigital.com. Uh, or you can visit our website as well, centricodigital.com. And I'll be more than happy to uh, talk about marketing automation, B2B strategy, PPC, and uh, marketing in general, because that's the topic that we're most passionate about. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to, to, to keeping those marketing automation conversations going. Perfect. If you don't already know this, uh, check out their podcast, which is called Let's Get Sassy. <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks again. Uh, thank you so much again for your time. So please take care, be safe, and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, Christian. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co. And be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.